Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurnOrangeNation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media, at LonghornPod on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, the Longhorn Republic, uh, where we do our post-game weekly live streams. We'll do one this Saturday over the Iowa State game. Uh, we'll Also, you can send us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. You are running out of time if you want to enter in the drawing for a copy, free copy, autographed copy of Sam Acho's book, Let the World See. You'll be doing the drawing uh, basically over Thanksgiving weekend. So if you have not liked, retweeted on uh, Twitter, that's pinned to the top of our profile. If you haven't gone to the Facebook page, liked and shared that post there as well, do it because you're running out of time. Uh, you again, again, there's literally no other thing you need to do other than those two things if you want to win uh, the book. So that will be going down this Saturday. So Saturday is your deadline. We'll announce the winner on next Tuesday's podcast. So you'll know that uh, by listening, and then we'll probably obviously tweet about it on Tuesday at some point as well. Uh, but my name is Gerald Gitter, I'm your host this week like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man... Who hates recording previews twice? Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? <laughs> you know, uh, the content is just so good and so pure that to waste it, I almost feel like we should just release it uh, on a special um, back channel somewhere so so the listeners can hear because there's nuggets that we just won't be able to recreate in our, obviously, Kansas game being canceled, Gerald and I being on top of things. We uh, we already had a Kansas preview uh canned nice. in the books ready to go ready ready for your ears um there was some gold some comedic gold some insight gold some analytical gold what you what you come here for what you know for um so when you listen to our kansas preview in a couple weeks from now don't be upset if gerald and i you know are only twice as good as every other podcast um because the stuff are no, our usual 10 times uh as good uh, i'm kidding obviously we know we, we're, we're we're pretty good but we're we're, we're not that uh, arrogant only me um that uh you know <laughs> you can't recreate magic twice right i gerald and i are both the second children and our evidence of that but uh you can't recreate the magic again that's a lie we're both incredible um i'm gonna stop now i'm gonna get myself in trouble that whole diatribe reminded me of one of my favorite verses in the bible it was written by moses and it said that moses was the most humble man that ever lived that's my favorite verse of the bible because <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious and i feel like that's just what happened where kyle is just extolling about that's how incredible amazing. we are uh no so that's amazing uh, <laughs> we we didn't have a show on Thursday because it was literally in the can, and then we got news that, well, Kansas game ain't happening, so that's why we only got one show last week. But we'll have two shows for you this week because, well, again, an Iowa State basketball coach was literally just diagnosed with COVID or at least announced it, so we may have to eat our words at some point. But as it stands right now, Monday evening at 9.03 p.m., there will be a Thursday preview show covering the Iowa State Cyclones. But tonight we've got uh, a quick hitter for you. Uh, we have one of our favorite guests that we have on the show regularly, Mike Roach of Horns 247, giving us the lowdown on the latest Texas commits and kind of where Texas goes from here. We'll uh, down the 40. We don't have much uh, to talk about in down the 40 because – most of the fall slash winter sports are either not competing or gearing up. I uh, will have basketball to talk about next time we're on the air, though. Uh, and then we'll obviously close the show out with some bang the drum. It had been far too long since we had this man on the podcast. Um, officially, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike, our, our second favorite guest of all time. Uh, Mike Roach of Horns247 uh, is joining us tonight. He took some time out of a, out of a busy Monday for him uh, to hang out with us. Mike, Mike how are you doing today? I'm good, fellas. How are y'all? Thanksgiving shopping is done. I'm already having a, I don't know if it's a thing, a preemptive nappiness. Um, is is trip to, preemptive trip to fan a thing? I don't know, but uh, hoping to eat a lot of good stuff, even if we can't have the whole family, right? I've gotten most of the food for Thanksgiving, and now we may not have a family. I'm cooking it regardless. Like, it's getting cooked. <laughs> I love um, it. I just, I just actually had a, a really good friend of mine who's a high school coach come down with COVID. Um, oh. Really, really bad. And he can't go to his family's, and so I've got, like, a second turkey breast that I'm smoking. I'm just going to make a meal for him and his wife and go drop it over at their house and be like, here, just at least enjoy what you can. You're as good a man as you are a reporter, Mike. I was going to say, not just a podcast, Minch. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, he's uh, he's like a brother. So yeah, it's been it's been a tough week. It's tough all around, man. It, it it's uh, let's we're gonna try to keep it light, but but yeah, there there's a lot of craziness happening currently in the world. But let, let's let's talk about some positive news for Texas because it feels like um, there hasn't been a lot to to discuss as of late, and so Texas picked up not one but two. Uh, seemingly priority targets. One was a priority target, and one kind of came out of left field for those of us that aren't, you know, with our ear to the ground like like one Mike Roach. And so we'll start with, with the guy who Kyle and I have been watching all season and waiting for this to, to happen. Um, but Shadow Creek linebacker Terrence Cook, uh, four-star, uh, all-district player on that, that state championship team, uh, pulled the trigger finally. I think we'd all been waiting for that to happen uh, and committed to the Longhorns. So, um Mike, I guess the the first question for you really is just like, how did Texas finally close the deal, and and how did it, uh, how did they land the services of a guy who's really kind of a must have in this class? I can't remember the first time I came on with you guys, like how far back that was. Um, feels like feels like it's been just you've been a, a fixture, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying. What I what I mean by that is I want to find if it was any time, uh, you know. Uh, I guess February or, or on, I was probably saying, Hey, um, Terrence cooks is probably going to commit soon because I feel like I've been saying that since that point in time, it's <laughs> felt like that long when Texas offered cooks a little over a year ago, it was, I remember talking to him. He didn't seem that impressed. I talked to him on the field at state. He just really didn't know that much about Texas. And he came down and visited during uh, January when they had their elite day and talking to him after that, I was like, Oh, this kid's going to Texas. He was just, there are kids who have that certain type of feel and Terrence was one. Um, and I, I just always kind of thought he was up. If you ever saw any who's next to commit article, I wrote Terrence usually was in it. Um, Texas never really lost their lead. Now there were times during the summer and during the early part of the season where I think there were some questions. Uh, I think that, you know, he, he questioned NFL development and things of that nature, but Coleman Hutzler did a phenomenal job out of the gates on this one, really capturing Terrence and his mother. Um, his mother's an educator. She is a, um, uh, a, a, an administrative, uh, or she's an administrator at a school in, in Houston. She is uh, several degrees. She is very serious about academics. And so that's really what Texas pitched to her was like more of a full, we understand Terrence is more than a football player type of thing. And, you know, so many years they do that with a couple of guys and it's so good. It works so well. They did it with Vernon Broughton last year. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder why they can't do it uh, in mass more. I think there's times where they fumble recruitments where if they could have, um, you know, ran the race in the way they did this one, they would have maybe a lot more kids. But um, yeah, in the end, I think that it was always going to be Texas for Terrence. He was just a guy that that really fell in love with everything they had. And um, I think actually watching through the season, seeing the linebackers progress and the defense progress, um, you know, really helped slam the door and kind of close the deal on that. Yeah. And it, it seems like probably he it from my eyes and you tell me slots to to like a will joining blackwell maybe at mike and harris either jack or or will where, where he'll fit but do you do you see terrence cooks being a kind of will linebacker at the next level yeah i think he could play depending on how he grows he's got a big frame i mean he's six two probably 210 right now i think that you're talking about a guy who could probably play around 230 or 235 so you could play him inside because that seems mm-hmm. to like what interior linebackers are playing at this this you know, now, especially when you go back and look at the draft, I think that he's an off ball kind of guy who, who can run and chase. He's really good blitzing. Um, he's just, he's got some freakish explosion that nobody else I've seen at linebacker has. And so, um, you know, I think he could do a little bit of everything. The problem with Terrence is we, he's kind of scratching the surface on, I guess not problem, but he's kind of scratching the surface on his game. He didn't play a ton last year, and that's mostly because Shadow Creek had a lot of dudes. I mean, they won a state title. They <laughs> It wasn't easy to find playing time. They rotated a lot. Then this year he's had a club on his hand for most of the year with a broken finger. I, I saw him, uh, I guess, about a month ago, and it was a comically – I'd see pictures every week, and it like would progressively get bigger, and it was comically big by the time I saw him. So, um, you know, it's hard to tackle with that. It's hard to shed blocks and things like that. But – uh, was still very active. I think his best football is in front of him for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, I really love the athletic profile and, and the intelligence. And I think if that's a guy you can get in and kind of shape how you want, then you, you've really got a good prospect on your hands. 
that that game was broadcast on on Fox Sports, and there were times where he looked like one of the best players on the field with you know other D one players. So it was it was really impressive uh, to see that. And so um, I love that you talked about the academics pitch. I think Hayden Connor was another guy, right? That they pitched academics when he when he uh, tweeted about it. He tweeted about his offer. I think he tagged UT Aerospace. That was something that I was like, oh, that kid's coming to Texas uh, as soon as I saw that. So it's it's just it's hilarious that that's that's a thing that they don't use more often. I think that with with Hayden, it was. I mean, he told me everybody assumed A and M, and in fact, I'm I'm kind of bitter because one of the only crystal ball losses I have on my record this year is I've had an A and M crystal ball in on him forever. Um, and he told me it actually came down to Michigan and Texas at the end, and it was really going to depend on those aerospace schools hmm. and where he could get it, where he could get in. And that's Hayden's a giant nerd, like a gigantic <laughs> nerd. He's really into. Um, if you remember, his commitment video was like the Avengers or something. I don't watch comic book movies, so I can't. I don't know. Like I know it had the the guy with the glove who snaps things. Um, <laughs> like I, I I and I'm not being like like I, Thanos, right? That's what his name is. Yes, I, yeah. I'm not being purposely like I don't know. I I really don't watch comic book movies. Um, <laughs> so uh, I just I don't know much about it. But yeah, he's really into that. Really into space. Um, as a whole and and that was always going to be the bigger mission for him I think Hayden understands that yeah he can play in the NFL that's definitely in his future but he's always been interested in space in fact um, when SpaceX did their first launch in the summer I guess it was their first launch they didn't launch in the summer and I was down in Houston seeing Hayden in a little camp thing like the day after and I asked him about it and he giggled like a little schoolgirl talking about it. I mean, it was just, he nerded out so very hard over That's it. Awesome, so yeah, I awesome. think, uh, I think for a lot of guys, there was that pitch and, you know, for like I mentioned Vernon Broughton, I think for Vernon Broughton, it was more about getting to his mom and understanding he would have a full support system at Texas. You know, they sent like a graphic with every head of every department, whether it be, you know, here's head coach Tom Herman. Here's Yancey McKnight. He's going to be over your strength. Here's the person who's over your academic support. Here's the person who's uh, over player development, all this stuff, and, and kind of pitch that whole system of developing a human and not just a football player. And mm-hmm. it's it's frustrating in a sense that when you see them do it so well at times, you wonder why they can't repeat it all the time. We'll talk about Texas repeating it and, and kind of even playing it a little close to the, to the chest. You know, we saw – Texas gained a commitment from from former Baylor commit Byron Murphy, defensive lineman. He is a like, he was a longtime Baylor commit, if memory serves. And then uh, it seemed like out of the blue for people again, they don't have their ear to the ground. Like he decommitted in the morning. And Byron Murphy is a, is a guy who who fans probably aren't super familiar with because he's been committed to Baylor for a while. It's a three star commit. So what what's Texas getting uh, in in Byron Murphy? He's a six foot one defensive tackle, and that's the only thing stopping him from being an All American is the fact that he's six foot one. Um, but Luckily for guys like me, I don't care about that. I don't necessarily think leverage is a bad thing when it comes to playing on the interior defensive line. And I'm not I'm not here to say that he's Aaron Donald or Ed Oliver, but if you look at the NFL, you can see that guys like Aaron Donald and Ed Oliver have had no issues um, with size. It's not size is not the issue. So um, what I really love about Byron, and I think a lot of Texas fans, when they see undersized DT, they jump to Puna Ford, right? Like, oh, is it a Puna Ford comparison? The comparison for Byron Murphy is Roy Miller. Because Byron Murphy has, or even maybe like a Derek Loki, he has incredible upper body strength. He is built in a way that would make all of us here jealous. Um, <laughs> he is uh, the, the legs, the the upper body. He is their strongest guy in the program at DeSoto, bar none. And just incredibly disruptive on the interior. He's got a motor that runs all the time. And, like I saw him Friday night and he had six tackles for loss in that game. Shamar Turner, who's a guy that everybody in the country knows plays right next to him on the line and a great looking prospect. Motor doesn't always run as hot. I think he had one or two tackles total in that game. So when you look at them playing together, you understand what people love about Shamar Turner and what they want to build on with him. But you see Byron Murphy and you see the production already. I think that that's a guy that goes to Baylor most times. And then you're wondering a couple years down the road, why nobody recruited this kid as he's an all American. And, um, you know, making a lot of plays. I, regardless of how it helps with Shamar Turner or not, because they are very close friends, um, I think it's a wonderful take for Texas. And when they were, I uh, so just, I don't like to like down, I don't like to crap on kids really, but I'll, I'll say this for, I, I try to be very honest in evaluation. So earlier this year, I went to go see Albert Regis the day before he committed. 
um, not knowing where, where for sure where he was going, but thinking AM, but still wanted to give it a real honest evaluation. And Albert's film has been better this year. So, like, I think I could go back and look at it and maybe re- revise my opinion. But it was one of the worst in-person evaluations I'd ever seen. I mean, it was just he was not very good. And I, I remember calling somebody at Texas and saying, you guys might as well, like, if you are if you really want this kid, like, you, why aren't you all over Byron Murphy? He is this kid, but, like, way more productive. And so I really love um, – you know, everything about Murphy and it's just a really good, hardworking kid. The coaches at DeSoto can't talk enough glowing things about how he is off the field. He's a big time leader. And I think he's going to be a guy who makes a contribution early at Texas, because while he may not have the incredible ceiling, he is ready to play from the moment he steps on, on, on the field. You posted a video of him on, on Friday, Mike, I don't do a whole lot cause I've got two kids that are little and it's COVID. So I don't leave the house really. But like you posted a video of him, like engaging with the blocker, like keeping distance, working down the line and like coming up with a tackle for loss. And I don't know if I've seen like a more textbook play from a, from a high school offensive lineman in, in the, the years that I've been watching high school football. It was, it was absolutely incredible. That's him. He's a former running back and he's also a former linebacker. So he's got incredible feet. Um, he understands how to run to the ball. He's never like his, he's probably, I would guess right now around 275, maybe 280 the way he looks, but he's not fat in any way. I mean, I just, um, just looking at him, it's, it's, you, you, it's, you kind of have to like ponder genetics and how they work and <laughs> things like that. But, um, it's not easy shooting interior defensive line guys on video because a lot of times they're covered up depending on where you're standing on a sideline, but you always notice Byron because it's usually an offensive lineman, like flying into the backfield violently and then Byron running right through the hole that that guy vacated. And that's kind of what I saw on Friday night. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I think he's a really impressive prospect. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that commitment. Man. I, I love that. I, I love what, uh, I I've come to the fact where I just, I like coach Giles so much. He's done such a good job developing the guys once they get on that, if we can get these guys with that base and that talent, I'm, I'm confident, uh, in what he's able to do there. But, uh, another guy who, came up on our radar and, and I'm going to throw this one squarely to, to you, Mike, cause I, I hadn't heard anything of it until you put it out. There was a potential uh, player to enter the transfer portal out of Kansas state from the Fort Worth area originally. So it has some Texas ties, but uh, safety, Jonathan Alexander, uh, tell us about that. Cause I knew nothing about it until I heard it from you. Yeah. Jonathan Alexander originally from Fort Worth, Trimble tech high school, eight one seven. He is a, a, a big, and that's where I live out in Fort Worth. And I've known Jonathan since, since he was in high school. He also trains with Coach Flight, a well-known you know skills trainer in, in Dallas and a, and a very close friend of mine. Um, so I've known Jonathan for a while. He's also like weirdly, I don't know what it's from. I guess it's from training. He's like weirdly like best friends with JD Coffee, uh, mm. from what I understand. So um, Jonathan hit me up and said, "Hey, Texas has reached out and they, they're they're in contact." And um, you know he's transferring. He went to JUCO his first two years, played a year at Kansas State, and I think felt he didn't necessarily get a fair shake at playing time. And so he decided to opt out this season and enter the portal. And um, so, yeah, he told me he, he was uh, hearing from Texas and was definitely interested if they were interested. So I think Texas does this a lot. They, they reach out preliminarily to guys and just kind of get a feel for where, what are you looking for? Uh, you know, where things with, uh, with your recruitment and it doesn't always mean they're serious. And I'm not sure they're incredibly serious about Alexander, but they are at least doing some homework on him. Uh, he's a big kid. Um, he plays safety, he plays a little bit of corner, six, two to 10. Um, so I think he kind of fits in that mold of the BJ Fosters of the world and those kind of guys, but Texas at least looking into him. I think at this point though, his recruitment's moving a little faster with other schools. Mm-hmm. sounds like Mississippi state's actually making a really big impression on him right now. So I, I would probably say Texas isn't very serious, but this yeah. is just an indication of things to come because I mean, uh, when, when the one year or when the uh, one-time transfer rule gets voted on, right, right. it is going to be a hell of a free agent market in, in the spring. And I think that Texas is going to be active in it. And, and we're hoping you will be the Woj just dropping Woj bombs from the portal. I mean, someone's got to be 24 seven, just refreshing that thing when that comes. I will definitely try. Um, I will say that I hate covering transfers because they're just so difficult. Um, They're they're not like high school kids. They don't want the attention. So it's, you know, they, for the most part, they've been running them down or finding somebody who's got a contact for them is way harder. Um, And so you've got to rely a lot on your source guys. Uh, This one just kind of fell to me because I knew the kid and was lucky enough to to know him, but um, yeah, it's it's always a crapshoot with with transfer kids. 
So, so when you start breaking these stories in the transfer market, do you want us to go with Roach Bomb or Magic Mike as the hashtag? <laughs> oh, uh, Mike Drop. Ooh, oh, done. That's good. That's, That's very good. Yeah, yeah, Mike Drop. I think we'll do a Mike Drop. That's what I like. Uh, I, what was uh, so when EJ was here with me, he would always do on the board like a cup of coffee. Uh, basically to signal this kid's done, it's a commit. And people wanted me to develop my own signature thing, and I never felt comfortable doing that, like, if it wasn't just natural. Like, I didn't want to force something like that. Um, and so, like, I think at first I tried to go. There was, like, a mic drop emoji, but um, I never really pushed it that far because it just didn't feel very natural. <laughs> That's fair. The, the ha- I think the hashtag will work, though. So so the serious question now is is – you know, we're talking about the transfer market. We're, we're talking about still, you know, 2021 and even now 2022 recruiting. But, like, what? where does Texas go from here in, in kind of a, a weird situation where we're we're kind of riding out, you know, what's, what's the rest of the season to see how the head coaching search shakes out. And there's still a lot of priority targets on the board for, for 21 and even, you know, 2022 guys are coming off. So, like, what what's next for Texas? That's what's made it very difficult is because, and, yeah, they've had a couple commitments. They've had – a few D commitments, uh, uh, but I pretty much pressed pause on recruiting since basically after the Oklahoma game. I mean, once the serious talk started about Tom Herman's job and possible replacements and things like that, it's just really hard. Like if you'll notice, I've stopped doing recruits react to Texas win over West Virginia or whatever, because a either the kid gives me some really bland statement that uh, <laughs> proves he did not watch the game. Um, I've got some, I've got a, one day we'll come back on an episode and I'm, I'll read you the greatest hits from recruit responses to games <laughs> where I just looked at it and was like, okay, clearly you looked at the box score and <laughs> just gave me an answer. But um, I've, I've I just kind of had pause on it because it's, it's hard to say that the kids don't want to commit to anything long-term. Um, nobody's, you know, nobody knows what's going on. So like I've been saying, let's see how the season plays out. And I think we'll probably get some resolution here, obviously in the next couple of weeks, depending on how things shake out with Iowa state and Kansas state. But, um, you know, I obviously a loss this week and it seems like everybody knows where this thing may be moving. And, you know, then we're, we're talking about a new coach and I love covering a new coach because uh, you get to start over and, and everything's kind of fresh. And that first year bump is always great. So um, I, if I could get a class like 2018 again, that would be fantastic because <laughs> everything fell into place for us then. Everybody loves that new coach smell. <laughs> it was great. Like that 2018 class, there was nothing like it. I, I mean, we caught wind of some things early on and it just like lit fire and we were on top of everything. We, I've never had a run like that. I mean, it was just I remember the first time there's a little throwback story for you. I was talking to a, I was talking to a 2019 kid. So he would have been a junior that year, but he had visited. It was, uh, it was uh, RJ Henderson who actually ended up at Florida. And I said, Hey, what's like, what's going on with Texas? Um, you know, who are you hearing from there? And he's like, well, Brennan Eagles has been recruiting me really hard. And I looked to, I was like, really? And he, Brennan Eagles was not committed at this point. Um, and he goes, yeah, him. <laughs> He said, Brennan Eagles, Deshaun Jamison, uh, uh, B.J. Foster, they've all been recruiting, and Jalen Green have all been recruiting me really hard in Texas. And I was like, okay, we just cracked the code. And then, you know, you could kind of match it up from there and just say, okay, all these guys are linked um, somehow. And so we we really, uh, you know, we, we rode that that streak really hot. But I would love another <laughs> – another season like that there was nothing like it you basically hacked the group chat man that's uh that's next level (laughs) yeah and that it didn't it didn't hurt either i did have a i did have somebody on the inside of a couple of very big group chats for recruits that was sending me screenshots throughout the year so um yeah that was uh that was quite a year i'll never forget that one several years down the line i want to know who that was just that just out of morbid curiosity (laughs) when they declassify uh the government declassifies that information we're able to share it (laughs) Yeah, for sure. When I when I'm out of the business, or if I move on from the Texas beat and do something else, maybe I'll I'll come back on. That'll be the deal. When I move on from the Texas beat and I go on and do something else, I will come on here and spill all the secrets. Oh, I love it! Can't wait. You heard it here first, folks. Exclusive content. That you'll hear it here first. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Mike, uh, I guess. Since you are still on the Texas beat, what are you what are you working on right now? Uh, what kind of stuff do you have uh, in the chamber in the pipeline coming up? 
Well, I wrote a really neat article that I was really excited about, and it's only got 350 views so far today, so it's kind of bumming me out. Um, but I learned how to make gifts over the weekend because I'm old and I don't know how, I didn't know how to do that previously, and then I got excited because I figured it out. And uh, I did a breakdown of uh, Texas two quarterback targets in state in 2022, uh, Kate Klubnik and Connor Weigman, and kind of what I like about both of them. And I, I gift out a couple of shots from their film that are just were really impressive plays to me. Um, and, and it kind of talked about that. So that's in the, in the running or right, later this week, I'm going to write something on 2022 guys who you don't know now, but are going to be big names at some point um, in, in household names. Um, so that's that. And then really it's just kind of watching and, and seeing what happens and, and seeing who, what happens with this season? I mean, I've been, it's been hard. I took uh, a week's vacation, I think a couple weeks ago. And um, it was my, mainly I had some things at home to take care of, but I also just, I was like, man, there's nothing going on. And I feel like in December, it's going to be crazy if there's a new coach. So I need to go ahead and get this rest out of the way now and mm -hmm. just kind of recycle the brain and, and restart the engines and come back. And so that was good for me. Um, and it really helped me get kind of refocused, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of wait and see at this point. So I'll, I'm going to go ahead and check out that GIF article because, I mean, I want to I support. But really Three, – 351 views. <laughs> Come on with it. That's how we do it. So really what people – we love the recruiting coverage, Mike, and you talked about refreshing your brain. But really, you, you've been a renaissance man on this podcast. You spawned a new segment that we do on our Thursday show where we talk about what we're watching on various streaming services. You're the only person to ever talk about bidets on this podcast. So, Mike, like, what's, what's new in the renaissance man world of, of Mike Roach? Oh, so if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that you don't you don't know what like what you may be into until you're forced to be into it. And <laughs> I find myself routinely disappointed anytime I use a toilet now without a bidet. Um, so that's where we are with that. I'm thinking about getting a second one for our guest bathroom, but uh, there's nothing really new. I think what did I tell you guys last time I got into smoking? Um, so you I was did. smoking a lot of stuff. You yeah. guys gave me a great yeah, recommendation. Meets, meets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I should clarify that. Um, I bought a smoker and I've been doing a lot of uh, this past weekend. I did a rib fest. I threw down on like four racks of ribs for me nice. and my wife and, and my brother, and my sister-in-law. And um, I've, I've done a couple turkeys in the run up to Thanksgiving, nailed them. Um, so I'm feeling really good. Uh, you guys gave me a great recommendation to follow on Instagram, the smoking hoe. It's one of my favorite accounts now to follow on Instagram. Nice. Um, that guy posts the most fantastic, like, food pictures i've ever seen his camera work is as good as his grill work he's he's a double he's yeah a double. <laughs> he's he's phenomenal at that yeah. stuff like his his i i like pride myself in using portrait mode on my phone to capture the best food pictures but he really i i guess he's probably using a real camera um might be. Might be. he he really nails it uh so yeah he's great i've been doing a lot of that man there hasn't been i've been re-watching a lot of stuff like uh my like, like my go-to work show. If I'm just sitting around writing, I have to have something on in the background. It's usually The West Wing. That's one of my favorite shows, nice. and I'll just turn it on Netflix and let it roll. And um, I finished it, I think, in May. And I watched a couple of other things. What did I watch? Um, we've talked about some of these. I watched like Outer Banks and yeah. um, Love Is Blind, and a couple of those shows. I think my wife and I we watched most of. Uh, of uh, the newsroom, I'm a big Aaron. Sor I'm a big Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin fan. So like anything Sorkin, I'll watch. And I never watched the newsroom, and so I was like, let's get into this and, and give it a try. And then I was like, is it too soon to go back to the West Wing? And uh, no, it's not. It's just it's still a fantastic <laughs> yeah. show. And I'm 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 back into season six. And I don't know if you guys are West Wing fans, but we've yeah. just met Matt. We've just met Matt Santos again, and now I'm kind of getting sad because I know it's we're we're nearing the end, but. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I, I might do a rewatch of Sopranos. It's my favorite show of all time. Um, and I usually try to rewatch that once a year, but uh, nothing real new. Nothing has really grabbed me uh, like crazy. My wife's really into the crown. So she's excited that that's back. Nice. Um, I don't care about the British Royals at all. So <laughs> I don't. War. Yeah. I, I, like I, I, I'm with Ron Swanson. History began July 4th, 1776. Everything before that was a mistake. Um, so, uh, you know, outside of that, uh, not not a ton new. Are you guys? Do you guys have any recommendations for me? Boy, do we! 
I don't know. We know you're obviously a big anyone who follows your Twitter during the season knows you're a big hockey fan. I don't know. I don't know. Oh well, yeah. The Stars went to the Stanley Cup. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that happened. So yes, we're we're recommending the season DVD of the Dallas. No, Uh, we know you're a hockey fan. I don't remember if you're a uh, European football uh, fan or not. But whether you are or are not, a show that I recommend. I'm a Liverpool guy. Well, we won't hold that against you. Uh, one of the shows that that I recommended to Gerald that he uh, reluctantly, when he recommends it on and on and on, has to give me kickback credit, which which hurts him. It really does. Um, and say I was right. But if you haven't watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV, um, it is so good. And when people are like, why is it good? It's like, just watch it. You'll get it. I don't really know how to best sum it up on why it's good. It's just good. And everyone I've recommended it to has sent at some point that exact text of like, gosh, you were right. It's great. So that's that's my recommendation, uh, numero uno. You are like the fifth person who's told me that. So, yeah, I do love soccer. I I played soccer in high school. Uh, been a Liverpool fan since like 2005. So, yeah, I will definitely give that a try i guess i i gotta what if i don't want to pay for it i gotta do the free trial on free trial. yeah i think you get a week free trial and you can definitely they're, they're shorter episodes they go pretty quick uh you could definitely power bomb and if you if you're uh have some holiday time some free time around in a week you know what my wife goes out of town this weekend um and she'll be out of town for most of the next week so that sounds like perfect sounds like good timing for sure man no it's it's a perfect tonic the same way west wing you were talking about makes you remember when you know it just wasn't a question about competency and government and, and everyone on both sides was good. Um, and you're like, Oh, that's nice. Um, Ted Lasso somehow like through incompetence and through like ridiculous fish out of water situations. Like you're reminded of wholesomeness and goodness um, at a time when it seems like everyone's angry and mad and uh, ridiculous, like just like unrelenting optimism and goodness. And it's like, it's a perfect tonic for 2020. I found. Okay. Awesome. That's definitely on my list. I hope to have it done before next time I'm on the show and I will report back on it. Gerald, do you have anything for me? Uh, so I was the one that told Kyle to suggest Ted Lasso, so I will take credit <laughs> on the suggestion to you. Uh, man, my wife and I just started and restarted Great British Baking Show, nice. which is just, again, another wholesome. Some we do, we, we've been watching that, but the Christmas version. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of the new host, the the new comedic host. I think it, I'm not. It really weirds me out. But uh, that's that's been the new recommendation. I'm trying to think what else we watched. Um, Gerald, why don't yeah. you give him a tutorial on comic book movies? I was going to tell you, Mike, if you ever get a recruit <laughs> who's trying to talk to you about comic book movies, just going over your head. Dial one eight hundred nerd. That goes directly to Gerald's cell phone. He will he will hook <laughs> you up on anything comic book. So here's my here's my two minute thing on comic book movies. I love Batman. Like I. I'm in on any Batman movie, especially the Nolan Batmans. Like those were fantastic movies. I loved them. Eh, the third one was all right. It wasn't great, but the first two were fantastic. Um, I understand that Marvel makes like the best comic book stuff, but I don't like any of their movies. I saw we're in the trust tree here. I saw Black Panther because I was afraid someone was going to call me racist if I didn't. So, <laughs> um, and I thought it was good. It was fine. I didn't love it. Um, it was. But I don't love I just don't love the that genre of movies. Like I think it's it very rarely moves the story along. It's a lot of these 45 minute scenes of just fighting and destruction and like bringing down cities and worlds and stuff. And and that to me doesn't really move a plot along. So I've had a hard time. Like I remember trying to watch Iron Man when it first came out because I like Robert Downey Jr. And I thought this kind of looks cool. And I fell asleep like the first three times I tried to watch it. And I just stopped trying to watch it after that. So um, there's parts of me that like. I, I always think to myself, like you're in quarantine, you're not really leaving the house much. You've got Disney Plus, you could watch all of these and you could just like start binging and get through all the Avengers movies. But like, I have a hard time finding the the motivation to do so. Is there, uh, would you say like, I have to watch all of them to appreciate the Avengers? Or so, is there a way to go? Is there like a roadmap you could provide for me? That's that's the tough part because like I'm 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 the opposite. Like I we like Thursday night date nights with my wife or like to the the eight o'clock showing of these things. So uh, I mean you could probably like you understand you understand the big points is that the the good guys punch the bad guys. Like if you just want to watch the Avengers movies, like you would probably be okay. Like somebody's like gasping and clutching their pearls at me saying that. But like if you just want to watch the Avengers films you understand, oh, they added some new characters between the last one and they're the good guys. Like, that's that's really what it is. And I'll say this, Mike, I, out of, I think there's, Gerald, is there 23 of this Marvel generation of movies there or are. something? Yeah, there's a lot. Of out them. of those, I think I have seen all the Avengers, 
anything with Black Panther in it. I've probably seen, I'm going to say nine, nine out of 23 all time, right? I've, it's less than half. My wife has probably seen somewhere closer to 14 or 15. She actually likes them more. We go on her behest, which I'm sure people are, are jealous of my setup. I got it good. I do. Um, but I, I'm not the hugest comic book guy either. And I will say you can still get an appreciation um, for the Avengers movies. And the guy who snaps his fingers, who you you alluded to, if you're like me and you're not deep in the comic book world, maybe you'll also be like me and think he had a point. Um, but that's, you know, that's completely uh, a separate conversation. Um, but it is, it is, it is possible. I'll say that. This whole bit is like, we just need to eliminate like half of you, right? Like, balance. <laughs> yeah, I agree with him kind of. I'm with like Bill Burr always said, like, we should just start sinking cruise ships, you know, just to control <laughs> the population. <laughs> uh, no, I think, uh, I think, um, yeah, it may be something I take on one day. I don't know. The thing is, is just, I'm a, I was a Spider-Man guy as a kid, loved Spider-Man. Didn't really like any other superheroes. I think Captain America's super whack. Um, <laughs> like he's just got a shield. Is that, that's his bit. Um, I don't know. He doesn't do anything cool. And so like, I, I just never could get interested in them. And so I, I would like to maybe see the Avengers, um, and just see what all the hype's about, but maybe I'll just do that. Maybe I'll just watch the Avengers. Go for it. Go for it. Just, just watch what you like. I'm not a, I'm not a proselytizer for these things. If you don't like them, you don't like them. And that's totally sure. fine with me. Sure. And that's the, and I don't think anybody I've outside of my brother, who's a gigantic nerd. <laughs> um, nobody's like really pushed back hard on me saying any of these things. And it, it's not that I'm not a nerd. Um, I'm a huge theater nerd. Like I, I, I was in theater in high school. I love, I watch Hamilton like once a month. Um, I, I, you know, I watch, uh, I've got the original Broadway cast doing rent. I watch once a month. I, uh, <laughs> I love star Wars. So like, I do have some nerd things to me for sure. Um, just superheroes have never been hit for me. Okay. So we may have just added a wrinkle for that future show where Mike comes and spills the tea. It will be done theatrically in a in a Broadway style with at least three full song numbers. And I can help you write those if need be. But uh, yeah, we, you you heard it here first, folks. That's going to be can't miss uh, podcasting with a with a rap theme to tie back <laughs> to Hamilton. Obviously, I love it. All right. So after all that, Mike, if people because I don't imagine they they would resist you at this point where can they find more of your work on the internet um all my work is at horns247.com please come and subscribe uh you can get um my stuff i i think the biggest thing i do every week is the stampede which i do every monday and it's our weekly gathering of recruiting intel and lately it's been kind of depressing but it won't be always it won't always be that way folks so uh come join us i think that's where i kind of let go of the good stuff and 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 uh, put it all in there. So horns247.com. I think we're running a promotion right now where you can get like your first three months free. Um, so check that out. Uh, Mike Roach 247 on Twitter. Uh, I most, I talk a lot about recruiting there. You'll see me also dabble in hockey and other things, but uh, I, I, if the stars are in the cup, it's all you're going to see is me tweeting about hockey. But um, outside of that, I talk a lot about recruiting. Uh, I watch a lot of TikTok, but I'm not really on TikTok. So uh that's a new thing I've been doing, by the way. I've been I I watch too much TikTok, um, but outside of that, yeah, it's just really over. Uh, oh, I have a podcast also. It's uh, it's called uh, it's called the State of Recruiting, and you can find it on any podcast platform of your choice. And it's kind of just a weekly wrap of the things we write on the site. So uh, check that out as well. And I don't say this because you're on the podcast, Mike. I uh, I'm a subscriber at at two four seven, and it is. Uh, if you're into this kind of stuff, it's well worth the money. So, Mike, thank you so much again for uh, taking the time. We'll let you – I know uh, this is a busy season for you, so we'll let you get back to uh, to your life and your wife before she, she leaves you for the week. I want to say, like, yeah, it's so busy um, and pretend I'm really just going to go back to my uh, my expansion uh, for, uh, franchise on NHL 21 and, uh, and keep building the uh the the milwaukee alpine into a uh nhl dynasty fantastic <laughs> beautiful thanks mike thanks guys so now brings us to the part of the show where we give some shine to basically everything else on campus that's not football and we down the 40 so Texas men's basketball, getting some preseason love, a guy who we talked about quite a bit in our men's basketball preview. You can actually check that out. Not this last Thursday show because that one doesn't exist, but two Thursdays ago, we did our men's basketball preview, talked quite a bit about Greg Brown the third. He's been named uh, to the Naismith Trophy 
watch list. Another uh, person that we talked about quite a bit on last week's Tuesday show. Uh, in our women's basketball preview, Charlie Collier was named to the Naismith Trophy watch list again for the women's basketball team. So this isn't Groundhog Day, even though 2020 has felt like that. But sticking with women's basketball, Texas has managed to sign yet another number one ranked junior college prospect. Uh, this time, Fem Sikuzani uh, is the number one JUCO guard, uh, according to another. There apparently there are multiple uh, sites rating women's basketball junior college prospects, which. Apparently the market's saturated for those, but um, she was a, a freshman All-American, uh, has three years to play at Texas, and, and so the, the Vic Schaefer train continues to roll. Texas is, is Texas is building a thing, Kyle. The number four class and then the top two JUCO prospects, one a guard, one a center, um, and, and again, three five stars in that class out of high school, um, basically means that this year's going to be good uh, as long as... Well, we'll see what happens with Charlie Collier if she goes in the draft or not. But if she comes back, the next year could be like instantly year two uh, competing with not only Baylor, but but the, the you know NCAA tournament final four type level. So this is exciting. Um, this is exactly why you spend the money, you put the effort to to pull a Vic Schaefer. And it's it's the type of thing, again, to, to, to toot Texas's horn a bit. It's the only reason that a coach like Vic Schaefer leave his a program that he was the king of that he had built his own kingdom basically in Mississippi state with the promise at Texas, you can get the absolute best girls. Um, and like Alex Gomez came on and said in our women's basketball preview, um, you know, he was able to do incredible things even without the top number one, number two, top 10 type players at Mississippi state. So it could be scary what he's able to build here in Austin. Fingers crossed. We haven't seen him play even a, a second, but we're all very excited. I'm excited about Vic Schaefer. I really am. As somebody who loves the women's basketball team and loves uh, loves watching those ladies compete, uh, it's it's going to be exciting to see what he does. Now, this is not meant to be a joke or funny or anything, but it wouldn't be the first time that we saw a highly touted coach that was able to create success at another program come in and not be able to succeed with Texas' resources on the hardwood. Not not just just talking about the hardwood specifically. Even on if we if we cross over to other sports, the 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 record is is dodgy, but. We'll talk about that on a, on another podcast. You, you bite your tongue, Gerald. This is the the uh, the second coming of Eddie Reese at Texas. You know what? Give me Eddie if he give me Eddie Reese's career out of him, and we will just be the flagship women's basketball podcast of not just the Texas sphere, <laughs> but of the entire college football landscape. So speaking of, of Eddie Reese and the, the natatorium, uh, the UT diving invitational wrapped up on Sunday and Texas had uh, winners on both the men's and women's side. Jordan Wendell uh, actually came from behind to take the platform mm. diving scored a perfect 10 and a nine five on his second dive to really put himself in position to close that thing out on his second. He also won the three meter springboard on Friday as well. Uh, Paolo Pineda uh, won the platform as well as the three meter springboard as well. So Texas uh, took both of those prizes. LSU was kind of the big competition in that one. Uh, but, but Texas managed to, to keep them off the, keep them off the, well, not off the podium, but, but off the top of the podium at least. <laughs> I actually happened to be flipping through the channels and, and I saw, oh, swimming's on and, and um, watched a little and I happened to tune in immediately on that dive that is being referenced and I saw live uh, Jordan Wendell. That's the nice thing about UT not having a game, I guess, uh, canceled. But this weekend, it gave me extra extra time to, to dive in literally to the uh, to this event and it was it was a perfect dive. As, as someone who's um, executed a perfect belly flop or two in his day, um, I, I watched it and I was like, ooh, I think that is really incredibly good. And then the judges immediately said, ooh, that's really incredibly good. And then they showed a perfect 10. So, um, again, I am a savant. Uh, I can I can break down um, diving technique uh, pretty pretty immediately with all of my classical training and in, in, in such things. Kyle usually has one of those in him for everything he's ever done. Like there's just one anecdote that proves it, and then 99 of the other stories are like that was completely terrible. But that's that's what Kyle hangs his hat on, uh, and you know somebody who's known him for basically two decades at this point. But We'll move on. Now's the part of the show. We honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum. Brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So, Kyle, 
What are you banging the drum on this week? Well, I'm banging the drum on something pretty cool. Um, this week for the Iowa State uh, game, which we again will talk, preview in our next podcast, but there was news that broke that I wanted to uh, shout out now. Before Iowa State comes to Austin, they will be unveiling statue of Julius Whittier, of course, the uh, football program's first black letterman. Um, they announced in July as a part of um, kind of the collective of athletes across all sports asking uh, for justice, equality, and and um, kind of some some uh, conversation between the the athletes in the athletic department. One of the uh, requests that was uh, delivered and is now coming to fruition was this statue of Julius Whittier, which I think is very very cool. Um, it'll be a enormous twelve and a half foot statue, so um, you will you will have to uh, you'll have to try to miss it. It's going to be uh, jutting out, uh, and and I think it'll be amazing. Um, Obviously a trailblazer. I can only imagine what his exact career was in 1970 when he showed up and was the first black letterman, first an offensive lineman, then a, uh, for two years, then a tight end. His uh, last year again, back then freshmen weren't weren't eligible. But uh, this is basically the the 50th anniversary of that 1970 title team. So it 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 kind of ties in perfectly. And and Julius Whittier, you know, is a great example of many things. Gerald and I both being from the San Antonio area, obviously interested in football are excited to, you know, see them unveil a San Antonio um, legend. Folks remember him from UT, but also uh, from the San Antonio area, high school football, great uh, before coming to Texas. So um, a guy just to remember, he did a lot on, on the field. He broke a lot of barriers. He had to have the heart, shoulder muscles to carry the world the the strength resilience and courage uh to do that and he did it with a plum and, and then you know went ahead and went off the field and, and finished a degree in philosophy a graduate degree from the lbj school of public affairs and then a ut law degree uh as well so and he was you know went on to be a long career as a prosecutor for the dallas uh dallas county da's office as well so just a uh truly a longhorn legend right he Every box is checked and every bit is deserving of this statue. So I'll be excited uh, to see because I always love Iowa State, I believe, um, is one of, if, if not the only, uh, school in the country that has their stadium, Jack Trice Stadium, named after uh, their first black player who broke the color barrier for their school. So it, it, is, it is a somewhat fitting uh, turn in many reasons that they're unveiling it this Friday for the game. I love the statues. The statues are always my favorite pictures to take and, and kind of standing next to, you know, the Earl Campbell statue and all that is, is um, I actually opened, this is, this is embarrassing. My resume tape, uh, when I was trying to get TV jobs with, with a sta- stand up near the Earl Campbell statue and you can tell how that went, but no, I, I'm excited to see it. And I'm, I'm glad to see that, that they're honoring this part of the, the, the Texas football history. Cause I think it's, uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible. So, uh, I'm banging the drum this week on the national conversation on, the big 12. And so what I really want to want to talk about is, you know, there, there was this, this legacy that the big 12 had for years of, of being a bad defensive conference when really everybody outside of the, uh, you know, inside the big 12 was like, ah, really it's just the defense. The offenses are really good. And then basically outside of Oklahoma in championship games, the big 12 would prove that in, bowl games and then the excuse would be like well they didn't want to be there anyways right so like there's this weird narrative that people pushed on the big 12 that like it was just not a great conference not a great football conference blah 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 blah, right because it was all offense it was it was basketball on grass well now that style of offense has, has fully come to the sec that has now turned into well the sec just continues to be the best conference of the world and the offense is great look what alabama's doing they're doing it because their defense is trash but they're do they're they're able to put up 60 points a game blah 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 blah. and and, you know if that was if that was texas or oklahoma there would be a, a dog on it and i'm I'm not like the normal, like, you know, guy who gets mad about these things. But now that the Big 12 is actually like revolutionizing defense to stop these offenses, the conversation has been, oh, man, the offenses are just bad in the Big 12. Now the offenses are just bad in the Big 12. Now, I will guarantee you on the first two days of the draft that the Big 12 probably has four or five, maybe even six pass rushers taken in the NFL and probably four or five or six even uh, defensive backs taken in the NFL draft because the, the Big 12 is continuing to be at the forefront of the revolution of college football. It started with the air raid and, and what the Big 12 has done offensively, and it kind of became an arms race for a couple of years where, you know, you brought a knife to a gunfight, and then, well, somebody brought a rocket launcher to the gunfight, and, you know, then somebody brought an A-bomb to the gunfight. And so, like, that was what the Big 12 offensive progression was, and the defenses are doing that as well, where 
Iowa State, where you know West Virginia, even Oklahoma State at times, uh, really step it up on the defensive side because that's what it's going to take now because everybody in the conference has an offense, right? Except for Kansas, but that's a whole other conversation, right? Basically, everybody but Kansas, eight out of the nine teams in this conference have, have an offense and, and can put up points. And so, obviously, if you're – going to try to win in this conference, you're going to have to win it defensively. And so uh, I am banging the drum this week on, on the Big 12 continuing to really like be the standard bearer for what football is, because guess what's winning in the in the NFL currently? Ah, Pat Mahomes, who was <laughs> exceedingly average at Texas Tech, which you go ahead and say it, uh, 13 and 19, which, which wins aren't a QB stat, but like Texas Tech wasn't any good, and Pat Mahomes turned out to be, well, probably one of the most talented quarterbacks, at least, that has played in the last 20 years. Yeah, even our quarterbacks and receivers on bad teams go and dominate uh, the NFL. But yeah, I, I think uh, he may not remember it, but Quandre Diggs uh, welcomed him to the Big 12, not not particularly kindly either, knocked him uh, effectively out of one of those uh, losses uh, where they came and played Texas. Shouts to Quandre the Giant. But yes, uh, I believe something along the lines of something, 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 Big 12, what starts here, changes the world. Um, so, you know, if, if, it's, if it's happening here, um, you know, like uh, like hit American television seven years later in Belarus, the NFL and the SEC will catch up. Belarus, that's where you went. Oh yeah, I mean, you know my stance on the Belarusian soccer league, which never shut down for COVID. The only major major is an air quote. The only professional sports league that did not stop at any time, had no delays, did not change for. Uh, COVID-19. They, they didn't happen. They just kept going. It just kept playing soccer in front of all 12 of their fans anyways. And it's amazing. And so for a moment, the Belarusians had the entire market on professional sports. When there's only 40 people in the stadium, including all 22 on the pitch, uh, it's okay to not shut down. Maybe I thought you probably should have shut down them, but that's, we're not, we're not, we're not scientists. That's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you could follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Feel free to shoot us an email, longhornrepublicpod at gmail.com. Again, check us out Saturday with our postgame live stream. We'll be talking about the Iowa State game. And again, if you have not entered, you're running out of time. Retweet that tweet, like that tweet, share that post on Facebook. Uh, follow us, obviously, on all of those for your chance to win a free signed copy of Sam Acho's book, Let the World See You. Thank you so much for tuning in again. We'll be back on Thursday. Until then, hook them. Hook them. <laughs>